Welcome back to the Bees Academy Podcast. I'm Pete Sterling. And this episode is an episode where we're going to present a story that we wrote about Dia de los Muertos. As we were talking about last week, we are doing a joint holiday October between Halloween and Dia de los Muertos because of the cultural comparisons. And we were talking about in our discussion last time about the importance of studying culture in elementary school. And so we really want to take this opportunity of October to try to work these comparisons. They are not the same holiday. I've said it before, but I do think that they there's something coincidental, if nothing else, about their similarities. And so I think it's a fun thing to to work with and play with and also because here in Sacramento we have both we have vibrant Mexican and Irish cultures and so having the two have a uh, a little communication through story I think is a fun a fun game to play so anyway this story that we wrote is an original I wrote it I wrote it both in Spanish and in English and it's about a girl who's an adolescent young young woman who's who's not a not a person who celebrates Dia de los Muertos and who's learning about it and the reason why we wrote it that way is because we're not writing it from the perspective of a person who who's an expert we are not experts in Dia de los Muertos we are we don't celebrate the the holiday but I do see a lot of value in it and we think it's a a fun holiday a, a interesting holiday and we are enjoying learning all about it. So the story that we wrote is not going to be a complete exposition of all of, of all of what the, the holiday is all about. Far from that. And I might even have some, some errors in there. And for that, I beg your pardon and your patience. But I, like I said before, I do see a lot of significance and value in there. And we want to contribute our, our humble participation in this holiday and and just like the the young woman in the story we are on the same road to learning about this holiday and and enjoying doing so and so without wasting any more time with introductions i would like to just present to you la muerteada by pete sterling i hope you enjoy it Isabella sat swinging in a hammock on the back porch of her house, thinking about the upcoming birthday of her brother, Miguel. It was the 24th of October, and he would have been 17 next week. She missed him, and it would be nice to celebrate somehow, she thought. Yes, he would have liked that. Miguel always loved spending time with the family, and it has been so long since the last time we did anything together. She kept lightly pushing the hammock with her foot and tracing little designs in the dust with her toes while watching a line of ants working and wondering what they could be doing. She heard the front door open and close. Her father came in and went from room to room calling Isabella's name, but she didn't respond. He finally came to the back patio door and opened it. Ah, there you are. Have you done your homework? Yeah. And you ate? Yes. Good. Well, I have a little more work to do, and I'll be in my office if you need anything. Great, she thought. He leaves work only to come home and do some more work. But this wasn't unusual. Her father was always working, 
He was always reviewing documents or talking on the phone with somebody or other. He was talking all the time, but he hardly spoke with her or her mom. She didn't understand how he could be so alive, so full of energy when he was chatting with his clients, and so cold, almost lifeless when he's with them. Yet, she actually had become used to the distance that had grown between her and her parents. They weren't really a family anymore, more like three people that cohabitated in the same space. Each had their responsibilities, and they came and they went taking care of those, nothing more than that. It had all started three years ago, when her brother had been hit by a car as she and Miguel returned from work. The hole left by the death of Miguel had become the nucleus of the family. And this hole wasn't empty though. It had a force to it that pushed each of them into their own corners of the house. This hole was growing, just as Miguel would have grown, taking up more space in the home. Isabella started to get bored with her aunts and decided to go out for a minute. She passed the open door of her father's office without him noticing. She went wandering. She always liked walking the streets to clear her mind and escape the suffocating air of her home. She had to go toward downtown to get out of her neighborhood. And on the way, you could notice a change in the environment. There was more noise in the streets and music. There were smells of foods and of the pollution that you would never smell at home. And watching the people was a lot more interesting than watching ants work. She walked the streets thinking about her brother and the time when they were still a family for real, back when they were happy. She was sad about the desperate state of their situation now. After an hour or so, Isabella returned home. In the meantime, her mother had returned and was drinking a glass of wine while reading a gossip magazine. Isabella went straight to bed Every day was the same around here, so there isn't much to say about this week except for, at dinner on Friday, Isabella broke the silence. Sunday's going to be Miguel's birthday. We should celebrate a little. Maybe go out or trip to dinner or something? Celebrate? yelled her dad. How are we going to celebrate the birthday of somebody who's no longer with us? I don't want to celebrate his birthday exactly. I just want to celebrate Miguel. I want us to be like we were. We will never be what we were, never, because we are not together. We are now what we have lost. Don't you forget that. Isabella ran away crying. The next day, Isabella woke up late and came down for breakfast. Her parents had already left the house, and it was empty except for Juana, the house cleaner, who was sweeping the floor. She greeted Juana with a smile that betrayed her. What's wrong, dear? asked Juana. Nothing. Why? Because you look sad. What happened? Tomorrow's going to be my brother Miguel's birthday, and no one cares. I don't worry. Miguel matters to them. He matters to everyone. How could that be if no one wants to even celebrate his birthday? Ay, Nina, it's not that he doesn't matter to them. They're sad. They miss him. You should go to the cemetery on the Dia de los Muertos, and you should wait for him. Celebrate his birthday with him, then. Juana, I'm sorry, but that's a myth. People are always believing things. I can't do it. I don't believe that. My parents don't believe. How can I go waste a night waiting for something that isn't real? But it is true that your ancestors come back to see you. Why don't you come with me? To see my husband. 
It's a beautiful thing to see one's ancestors. Why not? If it's only for one night. We're going to prepare all week. Come with me, please. Isabella thought for a minute. You know what? I will go. There's nothing happening around here anyway. Ah, that's good. Come to my house after school because we have so much to do. Isabella accepted the invitation and every afternoon went to Juana's house to prepare for Dia de los Muertos. Juana lived half an hour away from the city in a small town called San Agustin Etla. So Isabella had to take her mom's car to get there. At Juana's house, they built an altar for Juana's husband and an arch made of flowers, flores de muerte, to decorate his grave. They brought all kinds of fruit and made tamales to put on the altar. All of the smells of the food and the flowers filled Isabella with memories and emotions. She felt happy to be around Juana's family. She felt at home. She said to herself, it really didn't matter if the dead returned or not. Even if it is just a antiquated myth, the important thing is family, to spend time with the living while you still can. Isabella asked Juana what the steps on the altar meant, and the flowers, and the food, and everything else. Juana told her that during the time between the 1st and the 2nd of November, the borders between the land of the living and the land of the dead are blurred, which permits the spirits of the dead to walk the earth with us. But the journey can be very difficult for them. The road is long and confused. So it's our responsibility as the living relatives to help them find their way. Each family builds an altar with several steps that they can use to climb up from the underworld. The three main steps represent the three levels of the underworld, heaven, hell, and the purgatory. The flores de muerte, the bright yellow flowers that we use for the arch, have a bright color and a sweet scent that attract and guide the spirits to their tomb. Of course, these help because it's hard for them to see after spending all year with their eyes closed. And the road is hard to travel too, so we offer them food to keep them strong during their stay. We give them their favorite foods and drinks on the steps of the altar. And on the highest step, we put the religious images and the pictures of their family. This way we can spend the whole night together. We laugh and cry, we sing, and we tell them everything that has happened during the last year. Isabella tried to pay close attention to all the details, but every so often she would drift off thinking of her brother Miguel. She envied the belief of these small town people because, at least for them, they had one day a year to spend with their family members that have passed away. She wanted to see her parents happy again, she wanted to be a family, like Juana's family. They worked all week, making the preparations for the fiesta. By Thursday, they had almost finished everything and Juana invited Isabella to spend the whole weekend with them. She told Isabella that the fiesta there was very special because they had preserved some of the oldest traditions. She could see the muerteada. The next day was Friday, the 1st of November and Isabella asked her parents' permission to spend the weekend with Juana and her family. She left right away after school, and when she got there, everyone was getting ready for the Morteada. They dressed as demons and as devils with masks and costumes covered with little mirrors and thousands of small rattles. They explained that these were meant to disorient any evil spirits that might show up. When the sun went down, 
Everyone went out into the streets to participate in the Huerteada. The whole thing scared Isabella because it, took, it looked like the gates of hell had opened and the streets had filled with all the demons and the damned. One of the grandchildren of Juana noticed her fear and tried to calm her down. All of this is to let off some steam, he told her. Have fun. Isabella took his advice and started to dance and skip around like everyone else. During the unending dancing, Isabella completely lost herself in the moment. The cacophony and frenetic rhythms of the drums and the trumpets ceased to sound chaotic and started to sound more like some magical song from a land of the fairies. At one moment, Isabella noticed a person standing off to the side of the dancing, with his back up against a wall. He was the only person who was not moving. She recognized this young man from somewhere. She didn't know where. School, maybe? Isabella went back to dancing and losing herself in the moment. This was the funnest party of her whole life. After an hour or two later, she saw the young man again. This time he was on the other side of the plaza and starting to leave the party, walking like a sleepwalker through the dark alleys. She did recognize him. This time she was sure. She tried to push her way through the mass of people to follow him. She managed to make it through the crowd in time to see the figure pass into a dark alley. She followed, but it was no use. She had, he had already disappeared into the dark of the night. The fiesta continued until the morning, at which point they all went home to eat. Isabella was exhausted, but Juana and her friends were already making tamales and pan de muertos when they arrived. She had to lend a hand to this project. They worked all day, during which time Juana and her friends talked at length about their loved ones and all the traditions. At dusk, Isabella went to the cemetery with Juana. Her grandchildren had already set up the arch and the altar near the tomb of Juana's husband and their grandfather. During the night, Isabella lost track of time several times as they chatted about Juana's husband and how he was as a husband and a grandfather. All night long, she kept refilling the plate on the altar. This seemed weird to Isabella because the food was always still there on the plate. They laughed and they cried, they prayed and they sang, and every now and then they took breaks to eat. In the wee hours, when the night is coldest and darkest, Isabella was fighting sleep when she saw through half-opened eyes the figure of a young man below a tree in the cemetery. It occurred to her suddenly that this was the same person she had seen the night before at the Muerteada. She realized for the first time that he kind of looked like Miguel. It can't be, she thought. I need to go to bed. I'm hallucinating. In the morning, they all got up to go home. On the road home, Isabella asked Juana why she kept refilling the plate on the altar. She responded, the obvious. It was for her husband. How are we all going to eat and not share with the guest of honor? But what are you talking about, Juana? He didn't eat any of it. Of course he did. He ate all of it. The spirits don't need to sustain their bodies. They don't have bodies. The food sustains their souls with flavor. When they arrived home, 
They put away the leftovers and they all took a quick nap before getting up to do the dishes and clean the house. Isabella saw that the plate that was on the altar for Juana's husband was off to one side. Curiosity overtook her. She checked that no one was looking and took a quick spoonful of the beans. Nothing. It didn't taste like anything at all. So she took a bite of the tamale. Nope. Still nothing. To compare, she tried a tamale that was in the leftover basket, and it was delicious. At this point, Isabella didn't know what to think about all that she had seen during this strange, strange weekend, so she went straight to bed to sleep it off. In the morning, she returned home where everything continued in the same vein as before. The emptiness between her and her parents continued to grow, and Isabella felt ever more isolated from them. During the whole next year, Juana continued to clean Isabella's parents' house on Saturdays, and Isabella would wake up early to chat with her while she worked. They talked about various things, normal things, but not entirely. Juana also told her more about all the old traditions, and more about Dia de los Muertos. She explained to Isabella how the traditions guide and protect the spirits as they make their journey across the borders of the underworld. The souls of those that have passed on return only to those families that prepare the road for them. So, we have to always revive the traditions in order to keep the spirits of our ancestors alive. The next October, a deep sadness overcame Isabella. Juana noticed the change and asked her what was wrong. She told Juana all about the death of her brother and the hole his death had left in her family. She told Juana about the last Dia de los Muertos and how she felt part of the family for the first time in years. And how the saddest part was that the family wasn't even hers. She asked Juana if she could come back this year too, but Juana refused. No, Isabella would have to revive her own brother in order to save her dying family. Juana offered to help prepare the arch and the altar to put at Miguel's grave, and they worked all month to make these preparations. On the Day of the Dead, Isabella asked her parents to join her at the cemetery to spend the night honoring Miguel. I have said many times that Miguel is dead. We cannot live our lives wishing that he were still alive, shouted Isabella's father. I know that Miguel is dead, Apa. I have no fantasies that we can bring him back to life. I just want to remember that he lived. I want to bring us together as a family again. Come with me, please. Both of you, please, come with me. Her parents accepted the invitation. When they arrived at Miguel's grave, they were surprised to find the arch and the altar that Isabella had, and Juana had placed there. They were touched to see the grave decorated in this way. What do we do now? asked her father. Nothing if you don't want to. We wait. They sat for a while, and they were surrounded by other families who were chatting about their relatives and playing guitars and singing. Isabella's mother was the first to speak. She started by just noting how interesting it was that these families believed that their relatives would return this night. But with time, the subject changed. They started to chat about their memories of Miguel 
about how full of life he was and his sense of humor and all of that was good about him. This was the first time in four years that they had talked about such things. Actually, thought Isabella, the last time was here, at the funeral, when my father spoke about him in his eulogy. That was the last and only time I ever saw my father cry about Miguel's death. But as she was thinking this, she raised her eyes and saw tears tracing lines down her father's cheeks. Are you crying, Amor? asked her mother. It's just that I miss him so much. I miss him so much. I know, Amor. I know. During the rest of the night, the family sat quietly with each other with blankets over their shoulders. In the wee hours, when the night is coldest and darkest, Isabella saw through half-opened eyes a young man approaching them. She recognized him from the Muerteada from the previous year. He didn't say anything. He simply sat between Isabella and her parents. He extended his arms around them, and they did the same. And they spent the rest of the night together in this way. When they woke up in the morning, they were holding each other. They became aware of the cold and the fog of the early morning and decided to return home where they had breakfast together. They talked warmly over breakfast in a way they hadn't in a very long time. And Isabella felt for the first time since the death of her brother that they might be on the road back to becoming a family again.